Recording. All right. That should, yeah. I just like to say something at the start to make sure it's working. <laughs> We're talking Batman, all of them, all the theatrically released Batmans. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. You're supposed to introduce me. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I wanted to see if you'd, t you'd, you'd hop in. Uh, all right. Let's right. change it up on the seventh episode. <laughs> well, like, the, we're going to mix it up for this episode because well, we're, this we're is... talking about a different Batman movie. Well, you, I was going to say before it went off the rails completely... <laughs> um, that we're, oh, we are talking about all the Batman, theatrically released Batman films, except this one is not theatrically released. Yeah, I, I was going to go back to that. Um, I mean, I, I brought that up, like, in the original Batman episode we did, so, so this is, this is, there's a precedence for this. Yeah, but I was just going to, I was going to be like, hey, we're going beyond the fucking thing, but then it's, we're not on the oh. same page today, are we? I don't think so. This is gonna, you can still toss that in. This is well, we've we've already done it. This is all you're getting, folks. Okay. I refuse to rework it. <laughs> Let's rework it in post. Fuck it, do it live. It, it'll be like those those movie trailers. You can tell they stitch like thirty lines of dialogue together, so it's misleading. Oh yeah. Um, see the <laughs> We're recent going beyond Batman. <laughs> see the recent uh, Toy Story four trailer for a lot of that. Aww. That's a kid's film. They kind of have to do that. Yeah. It looks fine. It looks like it's going to be fucking depressing as shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't get that. It's like, oh, here's a spork. We're going to give a spork an existential crisis. I hope if they <laughs> go for it, I'm there. <laughs> now, if they just I mean, like... You know what? It could be good. But because the first three are so good, mm -hmm. maybe not all of them are perfect, but they're so good, it ends on like just the right note. You kind of have to make a perfect movie to follow that up if I, you're going to, which I, they have. I guess, but I'm not exactly one who thinks Toy Story 3 is a perfect film. I like Toy Story 3 a lot, um, but – I. Great I ending though. I, I think, great, great ending. Yeah, the, the ending. The ending. Like how do you – pick that up again you know it's like making a direct sequel to logan mm -hmm. maybe not a perfect movie either just like it ends exactly where that story needs to <laughs> i was you don't need anything else i was looking up all the uh the films that are quote-unquote in production for the x-men universe <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a long list of like things that were announced maybe once <laughs> <laughs> There's like a Logan sequel with X23. There's of course Gambit, which will never happen. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently there was even like a script for X23. Or I, like uh Mangold was at least working on a treatment. I'm guessing that it they probably got somewhere. They probably at least had one meeting. <laughs> oh yeah, no, and then they're like, yeah, actually we're going to we're just going to sell off. We're just going to sell everything. Assets. <laughs> yeah, so I was like that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Sucks to be you, new mutants. Oh, I was excited for that one once. Yeah, hey, you know what? That could have been something, but you know what? <laughs> There's There was just as much potential energy for it to be a disaster, so I, I'm just looking at it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, all right, I'll see it on Hulu maybe one day. Like, there's no guarantee that it would have been a great film that was then ruined. Yeah. Uh, but, eh, it'll, uh, it'll never come out, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of great films, 
We're here to talk about Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It's a, it's a sequel slash adaptation slash well no not adaptation it's just like another part of the yeah, TV it's universe. A, it's kind of the finale. It kind it, it could serve as the finale, even though I it, like it better than the finale that they put in Justice League the yes. animated series. Um, I I kind of just picture it as like a finale, even though again Justice League I think came out the the year after this was released. The animated series, oh, really? I should say. Uh, oh yeah, but they, they did a you know the Batman Beyond episode they did right? Yeah, yeah, where they all they they it was like the future shit was was that did I also have Static Shock in it? No, no, but, there's an episode that's just called like Epilogue. Oh okay, it's just oh yeah, the yeah, Batman I, Beyond stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, not the best. Well, because that show peaks. There's a there's a climactic one in Justice League Unlimited, which is one of the best. I think just like like balls to the wall superhero stories ever, where they just start crossing everything over that <laughs> they've been setting up for like three seasons, and it's something they could never do in a movie. And I thought that was a pretty fun ending, but then it went on for like another year. <laughs> yeah, and that one's still good, but like after that, there was just nowhere else to go. Yeah, and and that um, wasn't even like that thematically deep like there was a little bit but not much this this has a lot of ideas going on in it yeah batman beyond return of the joker is about you guessed it the return of the joker to neo gotham as bruce wayne's preparing to take back his family's company one last time uh terry mcginnis has been uh the neo batman for at least like a year now a season in the tv show we should set up for the people who don't know what batman beyond is at all so I'm guessing some people missed it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still relatively popular for people around our age group. But, okay, Batman Beyond is is Blade Runner meets Gotham. Uh, Bruce Wayne has retired from the mantle of Batman. Uh, Gotham looks more like the Los Angeles version of Blade Runner, or the Blade Runner version of Los Angeles in this, um, in this timeline. And a new kid takes up the Batman mantle with all new enemies and foes. And it's very cyberpunky. It is a completely original property in the DC mythos that was made for television first and then began being transported to comics and everything else after that. Uh, and it was never as good as the original three-season run. They've, they've never been able to crack it. I yeah. Uh, uh, and it is, it's a treasure. I hold it near and dear to my heart. Well, it's one of those uh, series that when you really think about it, it kind of on paper – it reads like one of those we're out of ideas idea. <laughs> like, eh, let's do a new young. Like, it feels like studio notes, you know, which I think par- it partly was. Yes. Do you know the history of, of how uh, it got kickstarted? I know very vaguely that they there became a mentality at one point that no one wants to watch superheroes, that kids want to be the superhero. And that 
they so they they wrote series where it was usually young kid related or they they tried Justice League and then Justice League Unlimited kind of came which had a bunch of young characters and then we had Teen Titans on top of that um, but I also believe if I remember correctly I don't I'm vague so you might have to fill me in or maybe tell me I'm completely wrong <laughs> but there was a they pitched a completely different series involving like three different kids who pick up the Batman mantle um, in the future. It was going to be three young kids. They were going to be like a new Batman, a new Robin, a new Batgirl. And there was going to be like a robot Alfred. <laughs> I believe his name was Alpha Red. Get it? Um, and I guess that got pretty far. And then some. they were going to make it for the kids W. They were going to make it for something. And the head of that place went, hey, how about we make it that it's three kids competing to be Batman because Pokemon's popular. <laughs> so we'll make it like Pokemon. And then Bruce Tim, who uh, was one of the guys behind it, and another guy were like, no, let's do it with a different network. <laughs> and then they went and that kind of morphed into Batman Beyond. Yeah, so even back in the days of Batman, the animated series... Once they started introducing like Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing and stuff, uh, specifically with the new adventures of Batman, that's when it you could see they were they were really leaning into the Bat Family stuff, and that stuff's still good. But th- I think that was mostly just f- the ideas, anyways, coming from like that studio mandate mentality of like for kids, for kids, for kids. And yeah, that you you're right. All that stuff, I'm pretty sure, like at least ninety percent of what you said. Is correct. Yeah, like it was the made. Production of Batman Beyond. They were pushed that way for cynical reasons, but that didn't stop them from making a good show. Yeah, right. it's kind of like the Avengers, where that the the first one coming together. It's very cynical. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, no, I, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. But like, it's it's made to make money. It's made to like for for brand recognition. It's more like every single Marvel film. <laughs> every single one of them was made for cynical reasons. It, it was it was made for like brand posterity to make money mm. and and sell things, uh, and it just happens to be really good. Yeah, like and Cap- there's nothing wrong with that. Like a big, I'm on the bet. Cap Marvel probably would have been delayed a few times if Wonder Woman hadn't have hit. Even after that, they delayed it because of Homecoming. So no way. Well, see. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a little gross. Yeah, 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 they, at least they did it, and they made a a really good movie. Yeah, at the time of release, we Matt and I are apparently are the biggest fans of the movie Captain Marvel. Biggest fans in, in so. terms I gave it three stars out of five. <laughs> but that on, on the on the Marvel grading curve, that's like four stars. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's really good, and some of the complaints are very dumb, and some of the complaints are not. I, some, I I'll, I'll say that some but. complaints are valid, and some are incredibly dumb, and people didn't pay attention to the movie. <laughs> No, I'm probably going to end up cutting this section, but like, no, whatever. we're not. Like, so, so <laughs> leave it in. So, no, some of the complaints, it's like, it's so weird because uh, I'm not, I'm not saying like everyone who doesn't like it is a misogynist, you know, not like those bad faith arguments or anything, but it, it is just a little weird that some of the complaints for this movie you could apply to basically every other Marvel movie. Yeah. It's like, why weren't those a problem then for you? Mm. You know. Well, that's a big thing I have noticed recently with the Marvel stuff where people are throwing complaints and it's weird what films they pick to complain about because <laughs> they literally all have a lot of the same flaws. And again, that's why I always said there's a Marvel grading curve where like, I, I don't think I would give any of them like five stars 
they all kind of probably hover around four at the best because they're all deeply flawed. But it's weird that Marvel was kind of the one where everyone drew the line on. And I'm not, I, I'm not willing to say it was misogyny, although I'm sure it played a part. Misogyny. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's clearly out there, but we don't need to, like, even support that, like, as a criticism. That's just assholes. Yeah, but I'm willing to bet some people are just a little tired of Marvel right now. Um, they'll still pay to say, see every fucking movie, but... Um. Yeah. I mean, like, which, again, I, I also get that, too, you know, like, whatever. That's fine. All right, uh, Batman Beyond. It's a good show. Some clowns were never funny. (laughs) Some villains you never forget. He died years ago. You're sure? I was there. I think it's even a great show. I I think there's genuinely, like, some great science fiction storytelling here. Um... There's uh, there's really great art design. It feels like a really natural continuation of like the gothic art deco shit we saw from the original Batman animated series, but with like that cyberpunk influence. And before the show, you mentioned to me that like this was out even before the Matrix, and this feels very much like something that would come about as a response to the Matrix. Yeah, it was the same year, just a couple months before, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, that's fucking bananas. But I think I think cyberpunk was on a lot of people's minds at the time. And even though like cyberpunk kind of like started in the eighties, it took like to the late nineties before it went mainstream. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, but because because there was also that horrible uh, didn't William Gibson write an episode of the X Files? <laughs> and it's like they go like into a VR thing. Oh. It's like one of the worst episodes ever. Was that like during the later years? Um, I want to say it's like right towards like the like latter middle. Like season five or something? Yeah, five or that six. That like where it trails. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. There's also uh, Johnny Mnemonic, which I really like bringing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Password. which is uh just just watch clips on youtube it's not as fun bad as you think it's gonna be but it's it's worth googling it's it's a very good artifact there you go the same way i described the batman movies from the 90s (laughs) that's johnny mnemonic yeah i and i was into like i read uh i I brought up the book snow crash before which is uh was good for high school libertarian man (laughs) Really good uh, cyberpunk book. Um, but, yeah, that stuff was big for, like, a hot minute. It was I don't know. Maybe it was, like, because, the, the you know, the millennium was ending. Everyone was, like, so, like, 2000. Woo! And fucking Y2K and all that nonsense. Oh, Strange Days. Oh, Strange yeah. Strange Days also came yeah. out before this. We did. Uh, which no one saw. It's one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, and it's like Catherine Bigelow's best movie. There's also uh, there's also the fucking Lawnmower Man. <laughs> there's a CGI Jeff Fahey. Oh Fahey? God. Uh, oh, that's a bad one. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, everyone's favorite, Max Headroom. I actually don't know that one. You don't know Max Headroom? Anyways. No. Well, it, you kind of know him because the people who made Max Headroom went on to make the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Okay. And uh, now I'm happy. for some reason, that movie looks a lot like Max Headroom. <laughs> that movie's amazing. So. Maybe not good, but amazing. And the Max Headroom directly uh, inspired Shodan in System Shock. <gasps> okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't played System Shock and System Shock 2, Seek them out. Uh, you have to get a mod. You got to mod the controls on the first one. Because <laughs> the, the controls are really bad. But the art design is just like incredible. It's it's like really unnerving. Mm. It's maybe not quite as scary as the second one. The second one's like... The second one's super frightening. Uh, yeah. The first one's frightening because you're like, what button do I press? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are great cyberpunk horror games. I wish there was more horror like that. I wish the Alien franchise went that direction. I know. That, that uh, honestly is where it should have gone. <laughs> Some heroes will never back down. Go to work. The Joker is back, and it's no laughing matter. <laughs> He's got a new crew. On the double. A new game. A lot has changed while your old Uncle Joker's been away. New Gotham, new rules, even a new Batman. I'm ready to give this old town a wedgie again. Return of the Joker has a really interesting release history. I actually don't know everything about the release history. Well, I just know that there are two versions of it. Well, you should. I guess what you need to know is that it was released in 2000 and then it was released again in 2002. That is exciting. <laughs> because, uh, well, basically they were gonna. So they started trying to do like direct to DVD, direct to video. This was still VHS technically. Um, movies based on the Batman animated series. They did Mask of the Phantasm, which at the last minute they were like, put it in theaters, and it bombed. <laughs> and then they did uh, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero, which was a direct-to-video film that was going to come out with Batman and Robin to like be a, you know, like, tie-in. Um, it's significantly better than Batman and Robin. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um... Batgirl actually has something to do in that film. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, but then that didn't sell super well, so they canceled any more uh, Batman direct-to-video projects. But then they thought, hey, let's do something with the new, hip Batman Beyond show. And the creators of Batman Beyond, who were a lot of the same people who worked on um, the animated series, decided, let's push the envelope. <laughs> and apparently with approval, because they made a pretty fucking... Uh, a guy gets shot. <laughs> oh yeah, here's here's the thing, really quick before we go any further. Uh, generally, on these retrospectives, lots of talk oh, about yes, movies, yes. discussions, everything. Um, it's, they're spoiler free. I mean, they're spoiler heavy. They're definitely not spoiler free. Yeah. Um, because we want to talk about all aspects of the movie. I want to emphasize it for this one because I know a lot of people actually haven't seen Return of the Joker, and this is a really good movie with a lot of twists and turns that are genuinely kind of twisty and turny, and a very dark streak to it all. Yes, all you need... So if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. All you need to know is that it's Batman in the future. Bruce Wayne is training a younger Batman. 
who lost his father to a criminal. And this this bat this Batman is kind of a delinquent, which is important. Um, other than that, yeah, just go watch it. Anyway, this movie's full of murder. <laughs> yeah, people die. People die a lot. And it was going to come out in 2000. And then the Columbine High School Massacre happened. And because it was the very end of the 90s, but still the 90s, and everyone was stupid as hell, uh, there was a huge media circus around those shootings that involved a huge backlash against violent media. Um, you read about a lot of stuff that were canceled or like they suppressed because of the Columbine shooting, um, which if, you know, unfortunately we don't, I, I guess it's kind of a good and bad thing that we don't stop and shut down the country whenever a tragedy happens, but that's partly because these tragedies now happen on a fairly regular basis. Uh, yeah, that's more of how like, that's more of a criticism about how the country fails to, like, address them in a meaningful way. How we fail so to like... address them in any meaningful way, and how the media just keeps hyping these fucking shootings. Yeah. You can, you can really tie a direct link to not violent media, but how Columbine was propped up as, like, a thing. And that kind of influenced a lot of later shootings, um, which is unfortunate. I'm glad to bring everyone down. All of a sudden. And now, it's, it's important history to the film, so it's not like you're going all like, so here's how I'm going to tie the JFK assassination to... Yeah, I'm not going to bring something. up... Uh, I just watched the uh, <laughs> jo- no, uh, the, no. the John Wayne Bobbitt thing, um, where uh, Lorena Bobbitt cut his penis off. Jesus. Okay, so anyways, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you the, better uh... stop that one quick. <laughs> oh, wait, um, other another uh, spoiler. They do show the severed penis in that documentary, so be careful. People. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm I'm glad um, this is where this is gone. <laughs> I uh, I actually remember like in like all, everything about the uh, the rated version, like the one that, that was censored down for for distribution originally, and I actually have it on VHS somewhere mm. in in my house. And when I saw the the unrated version at a later date, I still I mean I, I that's the one I own now. Like primarily, because the other one I think is a little harder to find. But I, I, there's some things I like a little better in the trimmed down version. I think at least like because it's just the murders that change. People like yeah, it's, don't it's quote not... unquote die in that one. It's like the laughing gas thing mm-hmm. and uh, little stuff like that. I think it's a little creepier with the laughing gas. I think yeah, the, the laughing gas is a lot creepier. <laughs> um, but. Uh, except for, I will say, the one, the main death of it, I think, is better in the uncut version. Well, I mean, we, we're just going to be hopping around because this one, it's we we endorse it. We I think it's great. Uh, we're both fans. Check it out. Mm. But I think we could just kind of hop around All right, a yeah. little bit. You want to just talk about it right now? Yeah, you should have. You should have stopped listening by now, people. Yeah, if, if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the Joker right. getting shot in the. Uncut version, I think, is better than him like slipping. It's 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 dumb and a little goofy when he slips, but it's just so haunting when you hear the electricity go off and they cut to Barbara running back inside mm-hmm. and you just hear the scream echoing through everywhere. That's really unnerving and that messed with me when I was a kid. The shot is shocking, but I don't know something about the the electricity feels. And uh, then the electricity, I won't say it doesn't pack a punch, but. Something about the Joker just flopping over dead is a lot. 
Is that was pretty unnerving. Just because he, I mean, I think it's ruined again. I think that's why maybe a combination cut will work because it doesn't totally work when we've already seen a guy get shot like that. Yeah, like, literally, guy dies the exact same way earlier, and it's kind of just like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> but if it, if like that was the first time it happened. Especially when you're talking about it's... Because that whole thing kind of acts as a final to the animated series where no one died. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, like, like, at most we had a couple mobsters in the Mask of the Phantasm movie. Mm-hmm. And this time we just get the Joker just shot, dead, done. And... But they, they kind of edit around it. And I think the lingering... I think it has to be a gun thematically. Ah, uh, for the Batman connection. Yeah, I think. So, okay, I I can get that. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's all it really comes down to. For for me, I I do I accept that. I'm not saying like oh the Han Solo shot first type of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. I, it's not that for. It's definitely not that for me. Mm. But um, I never thought about the gun thing though. Like that's so obvious. I'm I'm an idiot. That's, that's like all right. That. Uh, but I think for me still the the electricity like how the Joker screams mm. and cry like. That echo, that's kind of like the impact he has like on the story and the characters. So yeah. I think that's no, that's why that resonated with me so much. Maybe not resonated, haunted. Yeah, you know what? I'm like, willing to say that uh, I, I almost get the feeling that they were pissed they had to re-edit the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. So they deliberately tried to make it as shocking as possible without showing any violence. Because they were also forced to change like... The word "kill" like appears on the screen a few times. That had to be had to be changed. They they can't actually say "kill" or "dead" at all in the one version, which I also think is a problem, especially towards the end, where um, a character is wrestling with the fact that he killed someone. Um, yeah, but like you kind of need him to say that. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's. I'm not here to be like because there was that weird. There's that weird time where the uncut version wasn't as readily available, and a lot of people just didn't even know about it. Um, and you would just see like the stills from it, and then the rumors were always like, "Man, the original version was so hardcore. It was crazy, man." And you watch it, it's not really that different. <laughs> yeah, it's people die, and that's like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do think that it's just the Joker getting shot in the fucking heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then falling over dead, and then they like literally saying we buried his body. Like that's pretty heavy for a cartoon. Like that is yeah, marketed I mean, towards children. But there, there's a couple things that we need to consider. So first off, in Batman Beyond, people died on that series pretty, not like you know what? Yeah, it was an occurrence. Yeah, you're right. Even the pilot episode where Terry McGinnis, who is the new Batman. Uh, some punk delinquent kid who learns to become better, mm. right? Like uh, the Batman mantle makes him strive to be better, right? Doesn't he try? He uh, breaks into Batman's house. He breaks into Wayne Manor. Isn't that what? Yeah, sets after it up? his father's killed by a gang of Jokers. Mm. But you find out it's it's like a corporate espionage thing, and there's a very like Norman Osborn type villain who's radioactive, and it, there's a bunch of great weird shit that's basically ripped off of Spider Man. Yeah, but recontextualized for Gotham City, and I, I love it. I'm not criticizing. You no, know it totally it. works. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's totally it's fucking aces. Like it would honestly be like if if you did a what if in the Amalgam universe where it was like what if Peter Parker met Bruce Wayne or something. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, and if Peter Parker was definitely more of an asshole. Yes. Um, yeah. but uh, but people died regularly on that series, and even the first henchman he goes up against dies in the pilot episode. Yeah. He drowns to death. 
So it's like it, it's this regular occurrence for Batman Beyond, but for all the other animated series, it's like, whoa, this is kind of heavy, man. Well, they did this kill. Is... They did kill a little girl. In uh oh oh yeah in, uh, that fucking happens. Although I forgot. Um. Although was that that might have actually been was that Justice League? No, you're right. That's later. That's later. That's Justice League Unlimited. There's like a flashback. Oh, that's the Batman Beyond. Yeah, one. yeah, exactly. I was getting yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was getting confused because I was like, was it a Beyond or was it Justice League? And um, it's either it's a Justice League Batman Beyond episode. People like, get fucked up on the Justice League cartoon. <laughs> I don't know, people do. There's a, there's a lot of... I don't uh, think anyone, like, dies. Oh, no, that's... No, people die in that show. People too. die, and there's a lot of, like, fate worse than death. Which is always, like, nightmare shit. Yeah, like, as a kid, it's like, okay, for the for the kids watching, like, no one dies, but then they say something like that, and it's just like, oh, that's not much better. Yeah, yeah. That, that's significantly worse. Remember there's the one kid who he had eternal youth, and they trick him into giving it up, and so now he just has immortal life. Yeah. And then we see him, and now he's, like, just, like, a thousand years old, and he's, like, a corpse almost, but he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's a great episode. That if image... you want to see the Justice League as kids, oh, yeah, that's a kid stuff. Which I also think was written by the writer of this film, Paul Dini. Uh, oh, yeah. Who wrote... Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. Yeah, Paul Dini, um, who, he did the story with Bruce Timm and uh, Glenn um, Murakumi, I think his name is? Um... Sorry, Glenn. Um, and Paul Dini wrote the screenplay. And then this was outsourced, I believe, to Japan at the time. That was when they were outsourcing animation. Because <laughs> um, it was two Japanese directors and one American director, I believe. Uh, but Bruce Tipp. Kurt, Kurt Geta, mm -hmm. Toshihiko Masuda, and Shojiro Nishimi. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's yeah, right. They, um... I actually think I, I hope that is. Yeah. I, I hope I'm, I got that right. But um, maybe we should learn they, they the pronunciation the of people's names before we record this shit. Probably, yeah. Apologies to sorry the United Nations. Some, something happened after Paul Dini and Bruce Timm finished up the DC animated universe initially, because they just like drop off. Um. Oh yeah. There's a, a huge quality drop. Well, actually, Paul Dini's done some all right stuff. He he contributed to that Ultimate Spider-Man show, which is uh, not 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 great good. But, but there's never been a good Marvel show. A uh, spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> you don't like spectacular Spider-Man? It's fine. Oh, get out of here! That show, I'll, that show is so incredibly written. I am like in awe that you said this right now. It's I don't know. I just there's something about Marvel that doesn't work in animation for me. I don't know. Because I've never, like, I know everyone loves the X-Men cartoon. I don't really like it. Uh, I don't like the original one, um, I'm being honest. But. I, I don't like most of them. I think there's, a, there's just a cheapness to them. It's like, not like, the writing's fine, but there's, like, a weird cheapness. Although well, Spectacular Spider-Man does kind of rise above it. Um, so you have to watch one. Yeah. Watch that. Um, Paul Dini, didn't he get, like, assaulted or something? Oh, I have no idea. Now I feel kind of bad. Like, well, no, he, like, he... He got mugged and like got really injured and beaten up, and he's like he wrote a comic book like Batman story kind of about it, where it, like oh, I don't that's know. like him wrestling with it, but also like he, like imagining him getting beaten up by the characters from because he's got this really good like I love listening to interviews with Paul Dini. He's got this really good insight to Batman specifically, 
Um, I guess when you put him in other places, he's not super great. Because mm. um, he also wrote, he was one of the writers of fucking Countdown, um, which is might be the worst DC comic ever. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever read Countdown? I never did. Uh, I read part. I read part of it because Fifty Two was so good. Um, mm. Which, if you want to read a comic that like just goes to like the weirdest corners of the DC universe, read Fifty Two. <laughs> it's a good primer and just google anyone you don't know who they are because <laughs> it's like that was like it was like fucking grant morrison and jeff johns and fucking the other guy <laughs> it was like four like the best dc writers all got together and they made it and then they tried to do countdown the same way and it was just a disaster um, but yeah paul dini uh he's, he's he wrote most of the best episodes of any of the animated stuff. Uh, Bruce Tim and then Bruce Tim, I don't know what the fuck is up with him. Yeah. Cuz uh the killing joke was like shockingly bad. Yeah, like I, I think we've talked about it on the show before. We're we're probably we're not going to cover that. I Yeah, it's, I will veto it. Was, that. It was it was theatrically released and we kind of realized it, but so just pretend we threw it out and replaced it with Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Yeah, cuz uh it does it does tackle the the relationship between Joker and Batman, but through like legacy more so than like like the direct like representations of the characters. It is somewhat interesting to hear Mark Hamill Joker do the voice and do some of the Alan Moore dialogue, but other than that, um, yeah, other than yeah, that, no, there's not you, much. You, you'll if you want a Joker fix, Return of the Joker is the one to go for, and I think. The Joker, more so than any other villain, like, I know there's, like, this this community, this fan community around the Joker that's just, like, really fetishistic and, like, scary, honestly. Well, the, well, we should say how, it's usually one version of the Joker. Yeah. I, I, would, I would have said that, but I don't know. I've seen some Jared Leto stands, too, and it's just, like, gross. I guess, yeah. But, you know uh, what? There's something that, yeah. There's something about the Joker that, like in fan communities is genuinely kind of unsettling to me. Well, but the idea of the Joker, like the character itself still scares me just like on its own, like more so than any other fictional villain. I think the Joker really is like, I, I, I don't want to say like the ultimate villain. Cause I don't want to put it on a pedestal because he really is like evil incarnate. I know. I'm willing you know? to say that in the confines of the comic book superhero, the Joker's probably the best villain they've ever come up with. And it's almost by, like, complete fucking accident. <laughs> like, he just kind of evolved into, like, the perfect counterpoint to Batman. Yeah, and uh, he's he's genuinely unnerving yes. to me. Like, the, the concept of, of this character just out there in the world. And so to see that, like, manifested through a sequel to Batman the Animated Series where, like, the OG Batman characters are telling the new Batman, like, hey, drop it. Like, this this isn't his fight. And uh, and that he he doesn't un- he would never understand what the Joker is like until he goes face to face with him, and I felt it. The moment the Joker returns, it's like they they just say they just tell him like you're done being Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck it, like you can't do you can't handle the Joker, and to see like that run through everyone, and again, and that's something the movies have never ever gotten to. Like one of the flaws with the films, I would say in in 
more specifically, a very recent film to feature the Joker. Um, <laughs> they they kind of set the Joker up to be that without like establishing a real clear history, you know. Not only that, but even when he's on screen in that very particular singular circumstance you're talking about, mm-hmm. he's not. He, he's he's not the Joker. I mean, I, that sounds like dismissive. I know, but like, just that sheer like evil, that complete lack of humanity and empathy, is just not like in that version of the character. Which is, I guess, fine. He's kind of just like the, a the, thug. the Jack Nicholson one too, but like. I don't know. They're, they're, I don't fear that one. Yeah. I'm not scared of that one. Well, yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson Joker is fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's, I, was, I was trying to walk yeah. that one back. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I think that some people just don't get it really well. And David Ayer doesn't get anything, so. Um, I You know what? I'm willing to put that one more on Jared Leto. Um, no, Jared Leto definitely didn't get it, but David Ayer did not help things. Because yeah. you can tell, like, which ideas were Jared Leto's and which ones were David Ayer's. But since we're talking about the Joker, uh, might as well talk about Mark Hamill, who we didn't talk about a ton on uh, the Mask of the Phantasm episode. Yeah, no, we did not. Um, he's fucking awesome. Yeah. He plays two roles in this. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's a good uh, red herring where he's a Jordan Price who is uh, competing to take over Wayne Enterprises, but Bruce Wayne has come back and foiled his plans. Um, so... Uh, it's a good red herring to be like, oh, is he the Joker? But it turns out he's not. Uh. Yeah. And, and, uh, even like the way they set it up, like they lean hard into it. We're like, if you're an attentive viewer, that's easy to fall into. Cause like, oh, Jordan's price isn't here. And they're like, oh, go figure. He doesn't want to see this. Blah, blah, blah. It kind of like the Joker shows up, you know? Yeah. You kind of go like, yeah, it's probably, it's probably not that guy, but he's a good fake out. Like yeah. we don't know. But the thing is, it's what, what kind of makes this at least go by quicker in the mysteries that it's got a very obvious uh, answer to the mystery, but they don't really give you the explanation until like 35 minutes in of a 77 minute movie. Yeah. So like you get, you don't, you, you don't get that important puzzle piece. And once you get that piece, you can pretty much put together what's going on. Yeah. Oh, and, th- and how they, they deliver that with um, the style of the original Batman, the animated series yeah. is really, uh, a great way to show that flashback. That was in, that was kind of in the middle of the original animated series and new Batman. Because the Joker on the new adventures of Batman and Robin did not look very good. Oh. Um, look it up, you know, see what I mean. Like, the, there's the classic Batman animated series Joker. There's new, the new adventures of Batman and Robin Joker. And then there's this version, which kind of ended up becoming the Justice League Joker. Because the Joker shows up, like, twice on that show. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that those are fun ones. Yeah, they're good. He also shows up in one episode where he has his fucking uh, where he's been lobotomized. Oh my god, yeah. that's right. The fucking injustice. I totally forgot the, about uh, that. The Justice Lords or whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which they should have fucking done that for these fucking BVS movies. Ah, uh, well, we'll get. to How that cool eventually. of a twist would that have been, though? If like you think we're watching the heroes and then they go like. Fuck you! They're actually the Injustice League or some shit. That would have been kind of fun. I, I think people still would have hated it though. Probably, but I thought they were kind of going to do that with the new Star Trek with the Mirror Universe, and then that didn't really pay off. Oh. Oh well. Just keep disappointing me. 
Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but Mark Hamill is the Joker. Um, can really take the Joker places that you just couldn't go in a movie. Because I think, like, again, to go back to the awfulness that is Jared Leto, um, he, like, he really fucked up in thinking that it was really about the darkness within and all this nonsense. Whereas I think what Nicholson, Hamill, and even Ledger, which although they always try to paint Ledger as like he went to dark places, but I don't really think that's true. Um, I think what they all understood is that really the Joker is a very vocal performance and you got to have a very extensive vocal range to pull it off. And that's really where you find the character. Mark Hamill really taps into that because he's got to go like all over the place with that goddamn voice. <laughs> where he go- and there's something deeply like unnerving, of course, but like funny uh, in in laughing at the jokes that the character makes. That maybe you kind of feel after like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Uh, not not so much in this one, but less in this one because like it's pretty night. it's pretty dark here. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's a couple of moments towards the end, but it's not even the Joker. You're kind of laughing at the Joker, which is kind of the point. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, there's tons of moments in the uh, old show where he would do something really fucked up, and you would laugh and be like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's hard. To, I I just think he's Mark Hamill. I think he's properly rated at this point for the Joker. There was a time where I don't think people talked him up enough. And then he had that renaissance with the Arkham games, um, which I think he stopped doing because they weren't paying him enough. <laughs> and well, I, I think he said like he he almost didn't even come back for the last one. Because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm so happy with the story in the second one, and I I guess, but uh, they they do like, the, the Arkham Knight or whatever the fuck was the last one he did. Um, was they kind of tied it into they they had a very similar story. To this one where the Joker may or may not be back. Oh, but, fuck, they did, yeah. huh? Um, better better here than that not game. significantly. Um, but I did like the way they did it in that game. Um, but that game's not very good. No, that, that's the best part of that game, yeah. for sure. I'm actually not a big uh, fan of the Arkham games. Uh, I don't know if that's like a hot take. <laughs> No, I, I like they. Were, I, I think people people have kind of come around to that. Like now that, not to make it a Marvel versus DC thing, but now that people have seen like the PlayStation Spider Man, like what that game did with similar mechanics and like storytelling, I think people realize like, oh yeah, that was just kind of like grimdark bullshit. Yeah, well, no, I think you know? I'm, I'm not even saying it's grimdark. It's just that a stealth game like that works a lot better in the daylight, apparently, <laughs> than a game where you have to constantly be doing the fucking bat vision everywhere like that's what i got frustrated with is that you couldn't you can't play like there's all this architecture and detail and you just have to keep using the fucking bat vision to see anything uh that that i was okay with it for the first one because it kind of the setting you know Mm -hmm. but then after that it's like really like we have this whole fucking city and we're still doing the same shit the story i kind of like the story of the first two, but there are there are moments they're not that work, but they're not fun games to play. Uh, I, I when I noticed that the penguin had like a glass bottle <laughs> shoved into his eye instead of a monocle, I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like, like really? Yeah, that was a little much. Like, really? Uh, yeah. But hey, how are we going to tell the kids it's dark? 
<laughs> fucking stupid. We gotta put tattoos on the Joker. <laughs> oh, God. How else are we gonna know he's damaged? Like, putting it on his fucking forehead? Yeah, he's got. He's all messed up, man. He's all messed up. Um, and all this bullshit about, like, oh, man. The, like, I don't know if you remember, like, when he was on talk shows and stuff like that, he was saying, like, oh, man, if the Joker was here, like, you know, he'd, like, cut your throat and, like... Toss it into the, like toss your tongue into the audience and like laugh about it and it's like what the fuck are you even talking about? <laughs> First of all, like no, <laughs> the Joker's more clever than that. Yeah, like, like sorry, you're a hack. Like yeah, didn't you see fucking Dark Knight Returns? Didn't you read that he fucking poisoned David Letterman's audience? <laughs> like I mean, like not not to get too ahead, but like even Heath Ledger's Joker, you know, in the dark and gritty Batman movies. His like entrance with like the mob bosses is, is a is a magic trick about making a pencil disappear. Yeah, it's fucked up, but it's genuinely kind of like clever in a funny it's way. It's a fucked up punchline, but it's it's but, you know, it's a joke. It's a Joker it's like a thing. Joke. It's a gag. Yeah, yeah. And, and he does. I love this. Uh, we'll get to that later. But like again, I, there's a lot of vocalness to I think the best. Uh, Joker performances that are not present in, in Jared Leto's Joker. We're kind of going to have to just drag Suicide Squad throughout because we're not going to watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're not we're not talking about that whole movie specifically. Yeah, it'll be brought up for sure more. But um, I, I think it's also the the animation, literally and figuratively, of the Joker's like movements and personality is a good contrast always to Batman. Yeah. I mean, they really are kind of uh, like two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Uh, maybe it didn't always start out that way, but it's really grown into that now. It really has, and this, uh, this and worse. taps into it. I mean, we should talk about what the Joker actually did that makes him so formidable in this film. Because there's, there's this hush for like the first 30 minutes of the movie where they're like, look, kid, the, we, we don't talk about the Joker. <laughs> like, there's, there's these Joker criminals that were mainstays of the show, but the Joker never showed up on the animated series. Yeah, they're very much like this might be kind of a stretch, but just hear me out. They're kind of like the like the neo Nazis of Gotham. No, you know what? That works. Yeah, okay. If the Joker was like, you know, the fucking Fuhrer, then these guys are just like the punks like wannabe fucks. It's entirely accurate because I can't tell you how many people who just like sending misogynistic messages to women on Twitter think they're the fucking Joker. <laughs> okay, so like, all right, I hit the nail on the I'm head. an agent of chaos. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, even at the start of the film, you know, because, like, uh, as mainstays of the series, they were never, like, the main threat. They were kind of just, like, punks that episodes would open up with them being, like, kicked aside, and then here's the real threat of the episode or season. And then uh, they're like, man, these Jokers are different. Like, they're stealing, like, all this high-functioning tech. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, these are, like, punks. Like, what are they – like, what's going on? So, like, even then, there's, like, this ramping escalation from where the show was to what this film's about and, like, the plot and shenanigans. And we, we eventually find out what it is, which is kind of, like, one of the more ridiculous elements, but it, it kind of works. Yeah, no, it's totally ridiculous, especially for this movie that's, like, it's not like it's not like a full-on character study or anything, but it is, like, a slow, like, plotting mystery for a little bit. And then af after you find out the red herring is a full-on red herring, it's like, here's a laser beam from yeah, space. Yeah, we're going to there's a cannon in space. <laughs> Like, I, I rolled with it, but I can see someone being like, really? I mean, it kind of is the ultimate thing of, like, what do you do when the Joker gets a hold of, like, the most formidable technology on Earth? <laughs> like, that's kind of what it is. 
Um, yeah. But the the thing that the Joker did, because the Joker is dead, that's what Bruce Wayne says. Even when the Joker returns, and we're given pre-definitive evidence that it is the Joker, but there's still like kind of questions about it. Uh, he's still like, no, Joker's dead. And so you're like, oh, fuck, Batman killed the Joker. <laughs> like, <laughs> finally. And you're wondering what happened. And it's eventually revealed that that's not, ba- Batman did not kill the Joker. Uh, back in the day, um, when it was uh, the original Robin, Dick Grayson had grown up to be um, Nightwing. Um, we don't talk about uh, whoever the fuck was in the middle. <laughs> what was the, who's Red Hood? Who's Red Hood again? Jason Todd. Jason Todd, yeah. Um, who they like never Jason did Todd. on the animated series. Um, and uh, um, Tim Drake was the official Robin. He gets kidnapped by the Joker and fucking tortured and poisoned and electroshocked into becoming the Joker's son. Which is, so, which is a storyline you could only do in animation. Because, like, the moment you wheeled that kid out in, like, a movie, it would be comical. But here it's like really creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it doesn't hit you like right away. Maybe at least not for me when I was younger. Like I was, it didn't unsettle me like it does now. <laughs> I think the laugh got me because it's like a really uh, soulless laugh. Yeah, like I think that's I didn't know how to process it when I was younger, and now I'm just like the implications of what they've done to this kid is just monumentally, like, beyond fucked up. And I should say that uh, the uh, laugh, the specific laugh that happens, is not the voice actor that played Tim Drake. It's actually uh, Andrea Romano, who we mentioned, um, the casting yes. director. She did the laugh. Um, so a nice little cameo from her. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's great. She's, she's awesome. Um, and, of course, it, it's really this, again, it's a parallel of the Joker being... Uh, the opposite of Batman. Now, the Joker is building a family. Like, Batman has built a family. And how does... The Joker, of course, does it in the most fucked up way possible by stealing one of uh, Batman's kids. Um, And, of course, shit does not work out. And uh, Tim Drake, as the Joker's son, shoots the Joker and is fucked up for life as a result. Although, to be fair, I think after everything, he was already going to be fucking Yeah, that, you, you weren't walking away from that. But it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Batman's kind of responsible for that. And um, the adult uh, Batgirl says, with his, with his last act of cruelty, the Joker tainted us all um, with compromise and deception. And, that's kinda, and that, that works as like a final to the Batman show. And it's interesting to see all the like Bat children, like, grow up to be very resentful of Batman in some way. Yeah, I kind of really love that idea. Yeah. I don't know if I need that in, like, every interpretation, you know? Like, I, I want to see, like, maybe someone comes out the other side better. You know, not perfect. You're not going like, to go through that life being, like, you know, perfect. But, uh... We do get someone that came out the other end better in this. Are you talking about Terry? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh... Yeah, but I, I would honestly, it's a very interesting idea. Don't do it yet, please. <laughs> we haven't done a good Robin yet. Like, like they keep trying to jump to like, what if Robin was dead? And what if Robin was actually an asshole? <laughs> like, what if Robin was a fucking cop? <laughs> I don't know. 
Like, and it's like, no, just fucking just do a Kid Robin one of these days in a non-animated film. I think it comes down to, uh, well, not, not, this isn't the only problem, but like we're seeing it a lot with like Dark Phoenix, both iterations. And I feel comfortable saying this in confidence, having not seen X-Men Dark Phoenix yet. Mm-hmm. But they keep missing the fucking point of these characters and going through these big arcs. Yeah. You know, regardless of the actual quality of the, the big arcs that everyone from, like, knows from the comics and stuff like that. They keep putting them in these positions without, like, establishing the character first. How are you going to care about someone going through something if they haven't been introduced properly yet? That's a big mistake that they've been doing now work because it's, it's, it's marketing. Because they just – they want – you know, Captain America's Civil War. Civil War is a comic, was, you know? I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Exa- someday, someday, someone will do that story properly. Yeah. Because they haven't done it even in its initial, like, comic book form. Yeah, no one's done it right so, yet, but... It's a great concept. Someone will get it right someday, but today's not that day. But they should just let these things evolve more naturally, and they don't do that. They just kind of throw in storylines, and it's a mess. So we don't get, like, we don't get arcs with these characters. And I'm not even saying, like, they have to be... Like, that's the big problem, I honestly think, that if if the arcs were more self-contained, I wouldn't mind the radical shifting between films. Like, that wouldn't bother me as much. But instead, they have all these arcs that, like, are incomplete, and then they're not followed up on. <laughs> and that's a problem. You know? Yeah. That's why I'm like, I wasn't as upset with like, a lot of people are upset that like Infinity War kind of undoes Ragnarok. And that doesn't bother me because I still have Ragnarok. <laughs> and I'm like, it's self-contained. It works as its own story. I don't really give a shit about the bigger picture. Now the world's newest Dark Knight needs answers. What can you tell me about clowns? Drop it, kid. You'll have to stand alone. You're out of your league. I know every trick the original Batman and Robin knew at their peak. To face a vengeful menace from the past, whose day is about to dawn again. Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. I mean, he's a little shitty. You know, he's, he's a little shithead, but he's like, he's a shithead that, that you watch grow and become better. And at the end of the day, I also remind the Bat family, through all the shit that they went through, that like, you know, so the, the real important things in life, which was each other, you know, even though Bruce Wayne does kind of fuck them all up, maybe he also helped them mm. along the way. And that doesn't absolve him of sins, but, you know, people are complicated like that. Yeah, relationships are complicated. Yeah. I wish they someone explored this shit well. Because <laughs> goddamn, it could be interesting. But no one yeah, wants to. I mean, to. like, all, all these, like, ties, you know, because this is... There are great ideas in this movie, and I does th- I do think it explores them enough for a 70-minute movie. For a 70-minute animated like, film meant for young people. This is like this the is, fucking Citizen Kane of Batman movies. This is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, like, imagine, like, a full-on live-action feature film exploring similar territory. Yeah. Like, that... Even just the idea of, like, something horrifying, like the Joker decides, hey, Batman has a family, why don't I have one, yeah. you know? Like, that, the implications are, are nightmare fuel. But you can't just do that, you gotta do something that specifically happened in the comics. So you can reference it, and then people will be like, I've read that comic. Yeah, well, like, honestly, fuck all that. Like, I'm so glad that this exists, because... There's no precedence for this in the comics. Yeah, that's why Batman just, Beyond kind of... It just of, came to be. That, that's why Batman Beyond works so well. Because it was just... It's re, it was really was its own thing. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, no one learned any lessons from it. Because I don't believe Batman Beyond lasted that long on TV. Uh, three seasons. <laughs> it, um, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was like sales for toys or just like uh, they, they just ended the show's 10. I, den- I genuinely don't know what ended the show. If it was a cancellation... It's or, um, it's usually toys because they always try to get show. these things to go for like five seasons at least. Yeah, this one only lasted three. It had a bunch of crossovers like Static Shock, Justice League, something called the Zeta Project, which I've never, I've never seen. Saw. I've never seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a spinoff from this show though. But there was there was a drop in quality at some point. Because I mean, I like Static Shock, but there's kind of a cheapness to that one. Like they kind of they had a much lower budget on Static Shock. They did, but the, the, the writing was pretty good. The, the writing's real good, and Static Shock's just a fun yeah. character. Yeah, like the fact that that character never... This is how you know the fucking people running Hollywood are like completely out of touch, among many other reasons. But uh, the fact that Jon Stewart wasn't Green Lantern coming off of our generation... Wait, wait hold on. This show. We should say Jon Stewart, the black comic book character, not Jon Stewart, the, the former host of The Daily Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that... that, that the the character, not the comedian, the character wasn't Green Lantern for the movie. That Batman Beyond didn't blow up in popularity. Um, that the Justice League didn't happen uh, with this lineup. You know, yeah. like there are all these things planted that that just could have bloomed. You know, now, I'm not I'm not asking for everything to grow up with me like some other fans of other properties are. Yes, but just like the 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 base is there for success and no one picked up on it yeah, there's like there's this great fertile soil and comic books are always just so weird because they are kind of written on the fly a lot of the times like we we kind of mythologize them but when you interview anyone from before like 1995 they're always like yeah i just kind of wrote whatever i wanted each week like you'd have alan moore who would like intricately plan everything because he's a crazy person and then grant morrison being like i just took a bunch of acid and talked to the Justice League, and they told me how to write the episode. I mean, the comic. And but it's it's there's a lot of rough edges to comic books that then get smoothed out later. That like these adaptations, if they just were smarter, they could take all the right pieces from and make their own thing. And no one wants to do that. Especially now in the shared universe world, which is where Marvel is kind of really fucking us. Like, I don't give a shit about the individual films not being very good, like, whatever. But the model they have made is not what should be emulated. And I'm hoping that because DC kind of flamed out so badly, they will now just try a completely different shared universe model. They probably won't. But... There's kind of a hope because, like, you've been hearing about, like, how they're just going to reboot Suicide Squad. <laughs> and they're just, they're just rebooting Batman. That The poor guy who played fucking Cyborg in the Justice League is getting thrown overboard. Like, yeah, that's, that, one, that one's really too bad. Not that I thought he was, like, great in Justice League or anything like that, but he's clearly, like, a talented actor. He's, he, he got fucked because they did not give him anything. <laughs> yeah. Cyborg just shouldn't have been in the Justice League. No offense. Yeah. Cyborg is not... He's, he's got his own thing. He should have been fucking Cyborg. <laughs> but you gotta have a young guy on the team because that's what young people want. That's how movies work. Uh. We focus tested these heroes and everyone knows these names the most. We got Aquaman because he was on Entourage. We got Wonder Woman because of women. 
We got Batman because of Batman. Everyone knows Superman. And everyone watched Teen Titans. <laughs> there you go. And then we'll also have The Flash, apparently. <laughs> it's just not, not smart thinking. But you know what? To be fair to, to those movies, they were trying something original for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that that nosedives by by Justice League, but actually yeah, the, no, I'm lying because they tried like <laughs> they tried to adapt five completely disconnected comic book storylines. Um, we haven't even gotten to the twist of this fucking movie, really. Oh yeah, here let's let's just start wrapping up. Well, because Tim Drake so. uh, grows up and is voiced by Dean Stockwell, we should say, um, who does a real good job. Uh, and it turns out, honestly, I I kind of don't like that they gave it such a grounded explanation. Where it turns out Tim Drake has been turning into the Joker because the Joker put a microchip in him that allows like Joker's personality to hack into his brain. I don't think they needed to add the microchip angle. <laughs> they could have just said it was like lingering PTSD mixed with the Joker toxin that manifested in the Joker coming back and like left it really vague, but it still kind of works. Like that whole last bit when he turns into the Joker is actually like really good. It's uh, that, that's something else that's really unnerving, and uh, this is where like the excitement level just like skyrockets through the roof for me. Like every time I watch the end, like the last twenty minutes, I'm like, hell yeah! Like this is this is what I'm fucking here for. This is Batman shit right here. I I also love Ace the dog. Oh yeah, Ace the Ace the Bat Hound. Ace the Bat Hound in this, uh, not not in the the original Batman series, but he's uh, he's kind of got a, like a love hate relationship with with uh, Terry throughout the series. So in the film, it feels like a culmination of their relationship because they finally like team up now that Bruce is out of commission at some point, and uh, I, I just really love that a lot too. When are they gonna? When is someone gonna have the fucking balls to bring back Comet the Super Horse? <laughs> Seriously, motherfuck all this grim dark shit. Give me a super horse <laughs> or Bippo the super monkey, Crypto um, the super dog. The fact that they haven't introduced Crypto and a Supergirl is just like out of this world. Someone's probably I, I can't believe that it hasn't been a thing. There was a remember there was a Crypto the dog animated show. I don't. Actually. It was very bad. Oh okay, um, but what is what is not bad. To your point about it just being, like, residual Joker nonsense instead of, like, the technological side of things, I that'd be kind of interesting. And then, like, would you want to see, um, wow, Tim, Tim, right? Yeah, Tim Drake. Tim Drake? Okay, yeah, I'm fucking up the names. Yes, Tim, like, be the one to have to overcome the Joker? Or would you still have it be, like, Terry? I think Terry is like, in... beats it out of him. I think it's important that it's Terry. Because mm-hmm. there's something about Terry that makes him different than all the other, uh wards of batman um, again because he's the only one that actually became batman everyone else was uh batgirl or robin you know or nightwing yeah uh, yeah and that's something i appreciate about um this incarnation of the dc universe too i'm not a fan of like uh the first robin becoming nightwing and then going to batman i think he should be his own person and i think robin should retire at some point uh, I I like. I think it's a little weird. Are you talking? Honestly. Are you talking about the comics? <clears throat> comics. Yeah, I thought comics. no. I, I thought they handled uh, Robin as when Dick Grayson became Batman. I thought they handled that well. Um, no, they did. But I, on a personal level, I I would like it if people grew off of that because I think the idea of Batman, in my eyes, 
has more power as a, as a positive force of good to inspire other people as heroes, less so the like under the umbrella of Batman. You get what I mean? So how do you feel about Batman Incorporated? Uh, mixed <laughs> for the same reasons. <laughs> that's kind of that's yeah, you kind of say that about most of Grant Morrison's work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's not it's not bad per se. It's just like. It's it's not what I look for in the character, and I get that that's subjective. Why are you know I mean? the, why are two of the most dominating forces in the comic book industry battling magicians? You know what? There's got to be like some reason in the occult. There's something. You know? There's something going on. That's a fucking movie. Right Alan there. Moore thinks he's Just... ended the world. Grant Morrison thinks Batman exists, and Alan Moore thinks he ended the world. <laughs> Which is kind of why I really want Grant Morrison, who might is apparently working on a Flash script. Oh my god. Which will never get made, but that'll be, like, legendary at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once they do that that first and only draft of that with Ezra Miller, mm-hmm. whose only other writing credit is, like, a documentary about um, a racist murderer or something like that. <laughs> uh, this is real. I'll put up the IMDb link up on the YouTube version of this. But, like, that draft is going to be, like, Lethal Weapon 2 level of legendary yes it'll be uh it'll be something i hope it leaks yeah because it won't get made yeah no no the flash will remain dead for like another 10 years how has jj abrams not been like tapped to do the flash because he's too busy on star wars well i mean like yeah not now but i mean like before that. i guess yeah um i don't know because remember he wrote he wrote a superman script yeah and and it's it, real bad it's real bad and that maybe got him they said no <laughs> no more um Although, according to him, the version that's out there is an early version of the script, and there's a better version he wrote. Okay. Okay, JJ. Whatever you say, JJ. Okay, Mr. Please Me. Please don't fuck up the ninth Star Wars. Yes. Where's Rose at? Yeah. Where's Rose at, Jay? Jay. Let's dance. Joker, the first feature-length Batman Beyond movie. Yeah, no, it, it is one of those things that really speaks for itself. But then, like, when you talk about it with other people that have finally seen it, you can be like, oh my god, wasn't it great when... Yeah, you can have a lot of fun moments about. talking with people. You can also have a yeah, lot yeah. more fun moments when you're talking to me on a much better day. Because <laughs> I'm a little fucked up today. I'm a little tired. I'm getting over a nasty flu. I'm getting over a nasty existence. Oh, Oh, I, last thing I do want to say, I, I talked a little bit about how, like, the art direction feels like a natural continuation of what came before. But it's, like, really impressive now, especially given where the animation quality has gone for the straight-to-video stuff. Like, instead yeah. of, like, the red sky of Gotham, because it's the future now, it's, like, the purple, hazy sky. Yeah. And it's, uh, just little things like that kind of fill out the world in really interesting Yeah, what the ways. fuck like, happened? The animated, Why are the animated like, movies just... now just so bad-looking? Like, what's, what's? I think that it's something about they use like a lot of flash animation. I guess nowadays because it's cheaper. Uh, but Young Justice looks pretty good. Yeah, Young Justice is probably like the high mark for their animation stuff now. But the and they actually put money into that apparently, so that's that's also good. That helps. Yeah, 
I'm really excited to binge watch that when I get the free trial after they finish season three. Yeah. Where is it? I, where I is it like playing? Show. Isn't it on Netflix? Uh, no, it's on the the DC app. Oh, okay. The, the DC universe, and I'm not like paying for that, so I'm just gonna get the 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 free subscription once the season's. Yeah, over. You know what? I don't even think I can bring myself to pay for that. Like, even for a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the, the whole pitch is that like you can get like everything. DC, like, yeah, but comics, but I would rather Warner. Warner Brothers just be like, get everything Warner Brothers. <laughs> I don't like that they're yeah. Warner Brothers is going for the tiering mm-hmm. option, and I'm not excited about that. Um, yeah, that's gross because that's 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 basically cable, that's chaos. Uh, Are you an agent of chaos? I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, we're not there yet. I, yeah, well, we're, we're about two, yeah, we got another movie, two movies away. <laughs> Well, no, just this one, isn't it? Well, no, we got we got uh, Batman Begins and then Dark Knight. So that's two. Yeah, yeah. So we're wrapping up this one, and then we're going to have one more to go. All right, Matt, where can the people find you? I'm at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com. I've also launched a Patreon because Patreon's Yay. changing its stupid-ass rules. <laughs> and I want to get in before they change it. Yay. So. You can also find me at twitter.com slash D-E-W-G-O waffles. I've barely started like regularly using the Patreon to like start sending out things to the few patrons that we do have here. You can hear the horribly fucked up Batman, the original recording of the Batman episode. <laughs> Very good episode, and I think it would have been great. It would have been great, but, but okay. my fucking mic decided to fuck me. <laughs> but you know what? We, we covered enough in the first half that it doesn't feel like... I'm not. I'm not too disappointed. It's just. I'm it's just awkward because I'm. I'm constantly saying in it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize, okay. everyone. My my apologies for not cutting every one of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Diego yeah, Diego puts a lot of effort Patreon. into the editing. Diego listens. I, I, I do. I listen. I listen too much. <laughs> yeah. So check out the Patreon for more mostly unedited episodes. I think I'm going to be doing that from now on. Uh, just give you guys a little something extra. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Can't do that on the Waffle Press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out the YouTube, SoundCloud, like this, and subscribe. If you didn't like this, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. So thanks for listening, thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Now available exclusively on video cassette and DVD. This time, the Joker is wild. <laughs> 